Welcome back to Trade Talk. This is L.A. Aco. This is season two. And uh, markets have been doing amazing on the start of this year. All-time highs. I feel there's still, you know, there's still a leg up to potentially go, but there is no momentum pushing that leg up. That's what brings me into this conversation, because I do think there's another leg up, meaning there's another all time high that's coming, in my opinion. Uh, You just need uh, the Trump administration to (laughs) make that situation happen. And they will. And you will see in this episode why it's going to happen, but what the negative effects will be and how to position yourself because of those negative effects. This episode really piggybacks off of the structured notes uh, episode because it, it lets you know how I'm thinking of it in a whole, in a full stream of consciousness and how they all literally, you know, just work like one, two, three. They may not work literally in unison, like where you could, you could just time it like one, two, three, but the, the overall concept is the, is uh linear and you will be able to execute a plan if you agree with this plan. So in this episode, we're talking about positioning uh, part of your portfolio in gold ETFs, not physical gold. I know a lot of people like physical gold and, uh, you know, like Forex and things of that nature, which is cool. Uh, I I like using ETFs due to liquidity. I also like um, ETFs because they if you get a levered ETF from like uh, Dexreon, Velocity or ProShares, you could get uh, two times or three times uh, the daily return of uh, the spot price of gold. So let me give you the thesis. So my thesis is because of a lot of quantitative easing, because of uh, the blow up in the overnight repo market, it is time to start positioning yourself in gold. If you haven't positioned yourself in gold yet, you obviously still have a lot of time because you know it's not where everything has already changed and, you know, it's too late to catch up with the moving train. However, what I think is it's time to build. Take a little bit of your profits that you're making, establish a GLD position or a UGLD position or a DGP position or a UGL position. That's where I'm going to be. Uh, I prefer two to three times lever. Uh, So for a three times lever, you want the Velocity UGLD. That's the gold ETF for three times lever, three times the return of the day. Uh, For a two times lever, you want DGP, two time lever. And uh, obviously you can buy just GLD and that will give you a um, a steady, uh, uh, most accurate quote of uh, the day for gold. So, what makes me come to this conclusion, and, and excuse me, before I go on to what makes me come to this conclusion, again, I, those, those tickers that I listed, that's what I like. That's where my money is going to go. So like I do it with every episode, I talk about the thesis and I talk about what the actual position would be. So that's the thesis and the position. But going back into it to give you the reasoning, as I said before, um, the monetary policy by the Trump administration and, and the Fed is, is something out of this fucking world. There was a situation that happened 
in September. It is called uh, Overnight Repos, right? And if you're not familiar with what Overnight Repo is, it's where uh, dealers sell government securities to investors. You know, it's usually on, it's always on an overnight basis. Um, usually can happen from anywhere from one day to two days. And there, there's a small percentage that's paid. So it's like bank A sells to bank B overnight because bank B needs some money. Bank A needs some securities. They exchange and then come the next day, that, that swap changes hands one more time, but with interest, right? And the interest is generally pegged at the Fed funds rate, which right now is about one and a quarter. Well, in September, an issue that happened is that that overnight rate, not the Fed funds rate, but the overnight rate that overnight repo is pegged to went all the way up to 8% and as high as 10%, meaning that there was more demand for cash than there was supply for cash. And this is between institutions. You would have the big four institutions, which are uh, Citibank, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase. So then you run into an issue in that everyone is scrambling and, and not wanting to lend to each other. This price goes up because, they, because the institutions do not want to lend to each other. The price skyrockets up to borrow the money. The two of them are looking at it. The, the, everyone's looking around to where they can find some overnight cash to get their things done. At the same time, you're having quarterly taxes that are due. A lot of these institutions borrow right from uh, overnight repo to cl uh, clear up estimated tax payments and for the quarter. And due to the Dodd-Frank Act, without getting too convoluted, Banks that could normally lend in this particular situation can't lend because they're they have uh, capital restrictions. Oh, I'm sorry, not capital restrictions, but they have uh, balance sheet restrictions. They have to keep a certain amount of capital on their balance sheets without lending it. So, without getting too far into the weeds, let's keep it simple. There's a shortfall in the repo marketplace. And who do you think comes in to solve the shortfall? Mind you, this is not supposed to happen. This is an independent. Um, overnight market. It does not correlate with the central bank. The central bank has nothing to do with this overnight repo market. Who comes in? The Treasury. The U.S. Treasury comes in and there's a shortfall uh, somewhere over $50 billion in, uh, in assets. And, and Not in assets, but in money. Uh, $50 billion. And the Treasury comes in and pumps liquidity into it. This is another version of how this administration is looking to keep the economy running the way it wants it to run, but also kicking the can down the street. Immediately you see something like that or you're seeing that you have a, a, a higher demand for cash with a lower uh, availability to lend it. You're seeing that there is, a, there is cracks in uh, the marketplace and what is going forward. You would be remiss to sit there and say, oh, the Fed's got us and this is going to work. You're going to start. If you're not seeing inflation already, I will show you where the inflation begins to exist. Remember in the last conversation I was telling you about 
one month LIBOR, two months LIBOR, which is what one month interest rates are, two months interest rates are. Then I was telling you about short term interest rates, uh, bond rates, long term bond rates, uh, which sometimes is called the long bond and the short bond. You're starting to see when they speak about inverting yield curves, the long bond is losing its value, the short bond, it's gaining its value, meaning that you will make more money on the short end than you will on the long end, which most people say, of course, that's what I would love, but that's not normal and that's not supposed to happen. I'm not sitting here to say that tomorrow around the corner, everything goes to hell in a handbasket, but you're seeing it, you're seeing the cracks begin to happen. It's abnormal and it should never happen that way. I'm not even talking about the bonds. I'm talking about the repo market shouldn't happen that way. The repo market is a very steady market. It's letting you understand what kind of cash is slushing around. And the fact that it needed to be bailed out, it may not even be something that most people would even pay attention to. But that's what's telling you what banks are holding right now. And if the fact that that needs to be bailed out with quantitative easing, it's letting you know how liquidity is being pumped into the market that you can't see. That liquidity matters because what you are buying or when you keep seeing asset prices jump, 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 and you're like, oh, shit, man, I'm not making enough. Like, I'm not to say I'm not making enough money. Oh, shit, the market's doing great. Life is good. And you start chasing that. The repo market is, is showing you that the demand to lend on a short-term basis is increased. People are demanding more interest for that money. It's going to come home to roost at a point. That shouldn't be happening. It's being disguised to you because you can't see the repo market and where the quantitative easing is going. It's being disguised to you because what you can see is that the S&P jumps to a new high each time. What you can see is when it starts to sputter, there is something else or some new narrative that uh, the Trump or that the Trump <laughs> that Trump or the Treasury comes out with to push it higher. You won't see them try to raise rates because they're not trying to suppress inflation the old way that they would try to suppress inflation. Before, you start to see inflation goes up, they raise, they raise rates a little bit to kind of mitigate it. Instead, they're putting the money through the repo market, through other markets, and allowing banks to have some freedom. The banks don't have the freedom to come into the repo market to, to give it liquidity and make some money because they have a balance sheet requirement. But the Fed is coming in and giving that repo market liquidity. Aha. Big issue. It leads you to why the structured products can't be purchased anymore. Uh, well, I don't want to say can't be purchased anymore. They still can be purchased, but why they're hitting their top end, like I was explaining, and why I would want to be short the, the structured products and be long the gold positions because inflation has to happen. You're buying gold as an inflation hedge, meaning as markets and interest rates and lending is loose, which it's loose right now, gold will continue to rise in its price. When, though, when those prices um, or, or when, when uh, the markets start to correct themselves, before you see gold just lose its value, you're going to see an immediate spike. And you will clean up nicely in that position. 
I don't want to get too deep or too convoluted into this conversation because I, I don't want to lose a lot of people, but it'll be a great way for you to go research for yourself and, and get an idea of what it is I am talking about. Um, I think the yield curve inversion is something that keeps happening. Uh, most people aren't paying attention to it, but it will affect you at some point. I don't think a recession is going to be done in the same, it's going to occur the same way that it happened before where you just see all of a sudden huge corrections. However, I do think you will definitely see a 10% correction. You'll see a 15, 10 to 15% correction. And that 10 to 15% correction is really going to drastically affect the method of quantitative easing that is being done by the Fed. Now, it doesn't mean every way that they have to do it is infuse capital into the repo markets. I'm just telling you that's one way. Another way that they're infusing capital into uh, the markets is allowing banks to borrow more and borrow more at a very cheap rate. Furthermore, uh, they're pretty much right into the markets and stopping the ability for short sellers to come in and push general the broad indices they're stopping them from pushing it down you would say how can you know how can a government or a treasury stop uh a mass market from selling off something by buying it if you didn't know just like i told you they could inject money right into the repo market they can literally buy their own treasuries they can buy their own s&p stocks they can buy any of it because it is seen as monetary policy is what I was talking about before. It is seen as a means of supporting the marketplace so that it doesn't get out of whack. It doesn't mean they, they do it every day, do it whenever they want, but as long as it has a structured reason as to why they are doing it, they can do it. And that is what is done. If you've ever heard of the term plunge patrol, some people have, depends how experienced in the market you are. Uh, that is what people are talking about. The Fed buying assets doesn't always have to sit there and buy a specific asset, but they will generally buy asset. 2008, they bought, they literally bought stocks. Um, in modern day, they don't run it the exact same way because they don't have the same crisis, but they're definitely buying assets and injecting money. That, in, that injection of money is going to create inflation. That inflation should already make you know you should be buying GLD or any gold ETF. That same inflation, uh, that same inflation, it's rearing its head in the overnight repo market. Um, they have stabilized that situation, but the fact that it happened means it can happen again. The fact that it happened means there is a crack uh, in what the structure is. You should be prepared. Gold ETFs, GLD, and other levered ETFs of gold are where you need to be, in my opinion. That's where I'm going to be. Thank you for listening. This is L.A. Aco, Trade Talk Season 2. Take care.